You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. So this is John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad and they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he said, then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. One of my absolute favorite stories especially now of having kids all the way from 11 to one years old, is a story of a boy who was told in the middle of the night to go outside and sweep the porch. The boy was a little bit scared of the dark. And I have to admit, I, I understand what that's like. I remember being very, very scared as a child of the dark. And he looked at his mom and said, I don't really want to go do that. It's scary outside. And she looked back and she said, I want you to know that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, Jesus is with you. You don't have to be afraid. And the child beamed, knowing a new truth. So he opened the door confidently, looked outside, took one step forward and yelled out, Jesus, since you're out there, would you just sweep the porch for me? (laughs) Oftentimes when we talk about Jesus being with us forever, and Jesus told his disciples this, it's hard for us to always believe. After all, these disciples had just been through a lot. They had seen their teacher, their friend, their Messiah die on a cross. 
They had heard reports from the women coming from the tomb to say that he was actually alive and yet still were afraid and rightfully so. After I probably would have been afraid too if the Roman Empire and the religious leaders were looking for me. I might be afraid that they were coming for me next. I might be afraid of what Jesus' death means for me as a person, my livelihood, my, my purpose in life. They probably felt alone, and they certainly faced an unknown future. And so they huddled together as they knew how to be with one another, just like they were that Thursday night before everything had happened. They had spent time together, eating, discussing. And I can only imagine, because I've been in rooms and places where fear is commonplace, they were just working each other up. And then Jesus showed up. Jesus shows up as only Jesus knows how. And in a very pointed way, says, here I am, do not be afraid. And the disciples go around and they experience the risen Christ. They experience the love, the grace of who Jesus is. He shows them what is going on. He shows them Mark's and gives them good news that the resurrection, the, the witness of those women was real. He encourages them because they're going to be the ones that move out of a place of fear in just a little bit to starting a new church, who move out of a place of loneliness, that they will spread out and build churches and communities of faith all over the known world. This moment is so important. And oftentimes when we read this passage, I think we understand the fear that was there. We understand where the disciples were in that moment. But then we get to the next part of the story. And I think that Thomas gets a bad rap most of the time. Because he wasn't there. Right? He might have been out running in there. He might have drawn the short straw and had to go out to go do something else. But I think sometimes we forget that these disciples were really really scared. And that Thomas had the same questions they did. He just didn't get to see Jesus right away. Friends, I know many of us are experiencing fear in our world today. I only have to take a quick look online to recognize that people are scared, that they're worried with the economy the way it is, with inflation, with talks of concern around what is happening in Ukraine and increased aggression from Russia, from other things going on in our world, violence on campuses, violence in schools, violence in our public areas. It's reasonable to understand why people are so anxious and scared. After all, we're still coming out of a pandemic. And I know while many people think that it's over, I've read over and over again that the trauma and the ways in which we do life won't really stabilize for years to come. People are scared. And the good news is that the same Jesus who showed up to those disciples that day shows up to us today. God shows up in real ways 
not to just make all of our fears go away instantly, but to give us hope, to give us an opportunity to love one another. And that might come in the form of an answered prayer or a phone call where someone calls us just at the right moment. Can't tell you the number of times in my life when someone has done that for me. It's beautiful. And it's like the person knew somehow. The Holy Spirit told them that I needed a phone call right then and right there. It's beautiful. But as we look at the disciples' lives and look at Thomas, we also recognize that doubt is increasing in our world today as well. A couple years ago, they did a Pew study where it was found that actually for the first time ever, 50% of Americans say they have no church affiliation. And that only continues to climb as we move forward. And instead of us circling the wagons and saying, what is wrong with the world today that people have these doubts? Just like Thomas, I think that there are reasonable questions. And I want to at least put out there that I don't think that doubt is the opposite of faith. I think apathy is the opposite of faith. Doubt is crucial to who we are. After all, we talk about a process of confirmation in the United Methodist Church where students come and they talk about what they believe. We, they don't, just don't take on the promises that were made at their baptism if they, as, if they were baptized as a child. But that confirmation is a place of asking questions. And if any of you have ever raised teenagers, and I'm oh so close to this point, right, with an 11-year-old, they ask a lot of frustrating questions. But I have to go back to Thomas and to the ways in which Jesus showed up for Thomas. You see, it was later on, as we read in Scripture, that Thomas was saying, until I see it, I don't believe it. Thomas didn't say, oh, I'm rejecting Jesus. Uh, I'm not ever, you know, what we did and what we saw had no meaning or purpose. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. I think Thomas was literally saying, hey, I want the same experience you all had. I want that. And what does Jesus do? Jesus shows up. Jesus still comes in and says, even in the midst of those questions, come here. Let me show you these marks on my hand. Put your hand on my side and believe. I also want to point out something really interesting. The same disciples who were in that room when Jesus first shows up apparently are still hiding in that room. Because they're there too. Because Jesus talks to them again. Friends, our doubts are aren't the problem. They're not. Doubts are healthy. In the Wesleyan tradition, we have what's called a Wesleyan quadrilateral, where scripture is primary to our understanding of authority. But then John Wesley, through teaching and scholars who have looked back on his journals and sermons and all the things have come to say, you know, for Wesley, three other things also mattered. Our tradition matters. Our reason, our ability to think matters. And so does our experience. 
Thomas was just sitting in there and going, I, I hear what you're saying, but tradition, reason, experience just don't quite add up for me when you tell me that one of my friends who I saw dead is back from the dead until I see him myself. Just, I hear that as a prayer, till I see him myself. Friends, our doubts don't make us weak. When we wrestle with God, we're stronger. I once traveled to South Africa on a mission trip, and I met an evangelist there. And he said, because lots of people had questions about faith and, and doubt, and the way in which he described it, is he said, my faith is like a wall. People try to get better with their soccer skills by kicking a ball typically at a wall. People's doubts and my own questions don't move God. God is my wall, solid, secure, and can take my questions. We would have an incredibly weak God who couldn't handle questions. And we see that all throughout scripture, not just Thomas, but King David had questions. The psalmist had questions. And God graciously and loving, just like Jesus did that day, answered those questions through love, through kindness, and through understanding. Friends, we would not have laughed at the beginning of my sermon at that story about the child in the broom with the mother berating the child, saying how stupid they were, that Jesus was not physically going to sweep the porch for them. There's something innocent and lovely about a child's questions. And I think God celebrates our questions, our authentic, loving questions. Jesus is patient, much more patient than I am. God is loving and gracious, much more than I am. When we don't allow doubt to be able to be a part of our conversation, we take away the authenticity of people's faith journey. And we try to control others and we try to control God. And so you might be sitting here right now and saying, well, what about this has anything to do with me. My guess is that there are some people in here, whether online or in person, who may be having questions about something. I just want to affirm to you today that Jesus affirmed people's questions. People were allowed to doubt, but they didn't stay there. They wrestled. They asked God to show up. They were in relationship with God. And so I encourage you to do that. I'm also, as you can see from the screen, I'm on pastoral care for this week. I would love to have a conversation with you if you want to have a conversation. I'm not afraid of questions. I'm not afraid of people's doubt. Because the best thing in my life and in our world is the love of Jesus Christ. That is a wall that no matter my questions has always gotten me through. And so as we sit here today, as we think through, maybe even rethinking through the story of Thomas, I want you to know that whether it was fear or doubt, these disciples moved from sitting around and doing nothing, scared, 
to changing the world. And it was through meeting the real Jesus in the midst of doubt that made them stronger and I think makes us stronger too. Amen? Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.